Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and life coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, May the 1st, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And we've made it to May. May brings spring flowers, according to the old cliche. So the, the April showers are behind us. That's what the rule says. It's, I saw it. It's written on a plaque. It's, in, it's immalleable. It can't ever be changed. <laughs> we were talking about that, of course, before the show, how it seems like nothing ever changes. And, you know, the, you know it, the world can't be malleable. And yet we know that it is. And so that's what made me think of that. But, yeah, May flowers are here. And, and uh, the gardening business is doing well. So that's good stuff. Yay. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we got like a, a week backlog, which is really good. Um, we have a new sales person. She's doing a bang up job, bring, bring the business in. She's, she's still getting used to it. So, I mean, she's thinking to herself, oh, there's only one week of work. I got to get to work. And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs> but yeah, life is good. And the good news this morning, the really, really, as if that isn't good news, the really good news this morning is I finished the editing of the book like five minutes before we started the podcast. Fantastic. So the book Yay. is edited. I mean, I still have to do some things to put it together. we got to iron out the cover still, but very, 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 very soon it's going to go to all the co-authors so they can see how it all comes out and how their own stories look, and then we're there. <laughs> how about that? Amazing. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exciting stuff. I know a lot of hard work went into that. Oh, yes. And we talk all the time about how it doesn't have to be hard and we don't have to work hard. I actually I was writing something yesterday and I, I nixed that word. So I was like, wait, how can I express that I really put a lot of energy mm-hmm. and time and effort and I had high expectations for it without saying, oh, I worked so hard, right? Um, but I think that's what we mean when we say, well, one way to say it, I mean, something is that we're feeling how much we, you know, contributed to it. Well, yeah, exactly. And Abraham actually has a word for it that I think works. We can call it inspired work. Yes. If it's inspired work, which which it should be most of the time, if you're, if you're following what they teach, it is inspired work each time. And, and I can't say I always approached working on the editing of the book as if it were inspired work, but I tried to. I tried to do it through segment intending and so forth. And mm-hmm. much of the time I could do it. I mean, today, this morning when I was finishing up, well, first of all, I knew it was almost done, so that was exciting. And second of all, I went in with the intention of let's have a good time and just you know do this and see how much I can get done before the podcast starts. And I finished it. I mean, I was moving along really quickly. So, you know, inspired work really does pay off because – it turns out to be what we often call hard work. Hard work is the word that we use whenever we're describing, you know, getting work done quickly and, and efficiently and, you know, getting it done without any errors and all that kind of thing. Well, that's what I was doing. It just wasn't hard. <laughs> it just wasn't hard. <laughs> well, that, and that's the point. You know, if if we'll bring ourselves into alignment first, then our actions can be inspired. And inspired action feels good. It feels easy. It feels like everything's just flowing perfectly. And we've all had times like that. It's when we don't get into alignment first and we try to sort of add the alignment on top, like icing on a cake or something, that sometimes we can still be struggling. When I hear someone say something was a lot of hard work, I I always get the impression that they weren't really enjoying all of it. Mm. Um, so I like the idea that there isn't hard work and easy work. There's just 
work you want to do and work you don't want right. to do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, when I'm out uh, walking or biking, actually, I think I'll go biking today out on the uh, the rails to trails path. I, I'm often passing people or being passed by people who are running. And I say to myself, do these people really enjoy the running? Because you look at their faces and they're in pain. I mean, they're just oh, <laughs> going. I can think of one woman who, when she runs by, she's got this big, happy look on her face. And she can just hardly wait to keep going. She's enjoying it. She's into it. The others, they look like they're they're basically dragging themselves through a torture chamber. <laughs> I'm laughing because when I was on my bike, that's what I would be asking about the runners. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the same question. It's like, huh? <laughs> I'm just I'm not a runner, and I don't enjoy running. So for me, it would be drudgery. Well, apparently, it was for them too. <laughs> <laughs> At least by the look on their face, right? The, the funniest part is I would, you know, I, I try to be friendly on the path, at least you know, wave hello or something. So a runner will will run by and assuming that he or she looks at me at all a lot of them they're just they're focused on where they're going but if they look at me at all they'll look up they'll they'll smile big and they'll go right back to feeling oh god again <laughs> just like a split second of joy replaced by angst and oh this is hard work well it's interesting because i wonder how much of that is attributed to just a belief system yeah probably yeah you know that goes back to what we talked about last week about being brought up when we're small to you have to work hard in school you know we were taught that working hard pays off right and with the sort of implied corollary that if you don't work hard you're not going to make anything of yourself so it's like i wonder how much of that translates into things that people do um you know of their own volition but for a result mm. like they're they're running because they want to have a certain result maybe lose weight or get in better shape or improve their you know resilience or whatever it is that they're working on i wonder if that if that belief of i'm really going to do this i'm going to work hard at this to get a result starts showing up in their even their facial expressions or their experience of how difficult it is Oh, I'm sure like that's you true. Said, they look like they're pulling yeah. themselves through a torture chamber. Exactly. Chamber. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that's true. On the other hand, you could also change the result. I mean, the result that I look for when I go walking or go biking is I want to have a good time. Mm, if I have mm -hmm. a good time, I had a great result. You know, just a different kind of result. It's not the kind like like you said, where you know, nose right. to the grindstone, and I'm going to take the weight off and build up the muscle, and I'm going to get myself into great aerobic shape, and blah 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 blah. Well, yeah, you could do that or you could have fun. <laughs> well, or you could do both. Like, isn't it possible that as you're going out with your goal, let's say, or intention to have a good time, that you're also doing something for your health? Oh, it's undoubtedly. Just naturally, right? And yeah. we've talked about that before, too, that laughing and having fun automatically builds up your immune system and yep. helps your body start to, you know, be in a, a healthier way so it seems like maybe it's just part of it and then there's the other part you know that it really is taxing on your body well perhaps. i know myself well enough to know that if i go out even if i go out with the intention of having fun and doing the exercise i'll turn it into drudgery so i, <laughs> I mean that, that's yeah. just me i just do that you know so i just i make sure i don't go out with the intention of doing exercise Mm -hmm. So that, and, and keep it strictly on having fun, so that 
I'll get the exercise. I'll get the benefit of it. But I won't tie myself down to this negative expectation. Right. So interesting the way our minds work. <laughs> we're messy. We're, we're a mess. We just are. We're psychologically what? a mess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was thinking about it along the lines that, you know, it's so awesome that if we'll take the time to make those choices consciously. Yes. Yes. And to know what works for us and to know what feels inspiring. I mean, when I'm doing any kind of work and it starts feeling like a drudgery, I try to remember to give myself a break from it and to get myself back into alignment so that it will stop feeling like a drudgery and start flowing again in an easier way. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we have the power to do that. But oh, yeah. how how many times do we just drudge along in the drudgery and just <laughs> tell a story in our head about, oh, when is this going to be over, you know, kind of thing. Yep. I mean, I've done it. I know I have. Certainly, I've had to. Have. I've been on the planet long enough. I'm sure I've done it plenty of times where I've just tell myself the victim story. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and and also, the, I mean, the truth is, I, I made a joke that was actually a lack-based joke, the idea of, oh, God, we're such a psychological mess. But the truth is, when we, um, when, when we focus in a segment-intending way, when we decide, this next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to enjoy, and I'm going to find all the things I love about it, and so on and so forth, that's actually psychologically very helpful and healthy. It, it, it helps to turn the psychology around so that we become more positive in our outlook and more positive in terms of what we attract into our lives. So, I mean, I did make the joke, but I really want to iron it out and say segment intending is a good way to straighten out the psychology. Yeah, well, it definitely is. And I love that when we use it, we can intend whatever segment we want. Right. Like It can be as short as we want. And that's really, I think that's really useful, especially in the beginning when we're getting used to it to doing it like any you know any habit takes some time for it to become a habit and when we're beginning with segment intending we can just say for the next five minutes or the next one minute or look at the mirror work for the next 10 seconds right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so whatever we're doing that little segment it's like i have a friend that says um oh i i can do anything for two weeks mm -hmm. like she remodels houses and so sometimes they'll be living oh, wow. in a house that the you know doesn't have a a dishwasher or a kitchen, a whole kitchen or something, right? And she'll say, well, I can do anything for two weeks. It's just, you know, it's all going to be back together in two weeks. And I think about that with segment intending things that we want to hold the vision for and hold that joyfulness about. We can say, well, it's just 30 seconds. Like I can do this for 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, I love the attitude. I can do anything in two weeks because I mean, home renovation, that's a lot of work. There's a ton of work that goes into that. And yet it sounds like she's able to go in and, and for two weeks just get it done. I mean, I give well, her credit for that. I mean, a project might, whoo, big trucks going by. A project might take longer, much longer than two weeks. But the point she's making is, you know, well, I, I might be without, I might be without a stove for two weeks and I can deal with it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, I might deal without, I might be without uh, the, the tile floor in this part of the house for for a couple of weeks but so you know when you that in itself is sort of like segment intending because it's chunking down what's going to be happening for a certain amount of time that you know you're okay with right? oh yeah sure yeah well yeah. that's just it she has to be okay with it 
I mean, if, if she was like Louise, who, who would say, I don't want to live without anything that long because I'll just be miserable, that's probably not the best segment intending to do. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's how we get to know ourselves better and know what works for us. Right. So our, whenever it's Louise and I, our segment intention is we're going to have a great, you know, a great hotel to live in or we're going to just buy the house and the house is going to be perfect. We won't have to do a thing to it or, you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's like you said, you don't make the intention, hey, I'm going to go out and have a good time and I'll be getting exercise because then you've just planted that seed in your mind that says, oh, exactly. <laughs> exercise. Yeah. Right. So you know yourself. I mean, that's. That's all part of it. What day are you on with the mirror work? Speaking of knowing yourself. Oh, geez. Let's see. Well, it's all of March and all of April and I guess 11 days of February. So that's 61 plus 11, 72, 73rd day. <laughs> How about wow. that? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's amazing. And has your experience of it changed? I've just been thinking about it this past week and wanting to ask you. What I've actually found is, you know how our um, our emotional set points wax and wane. They they improve sometimes, other times they kind of decline a little bit. And right. overall, we're trying to get a higher equilibrium point, you know, average point, so to speak. But with that increase and decrease that goes on all the time, I find that the mirror work is actually most important when I'm feeling the decrease. The mirror okay. work on those days is like it's my way of clawing my way to the top again, clawing my way back out of the, the, the pit that I feel like I'm in. And it does work for that. It does help with that. I, within a very short period of time, you know, seconds, as you're saying, I feel at least somewhat better. And even just feeling somewhat better makes a difference. Even if it isn't getting into the high range, even if it's just you know, barely moving yourself up into the positive range or even the less negative range, it feels better. And when it feels better, it makes it easier to keep going. Well, it reminds me of any other thing where we're, because we use these words like up, right? And like the the emotional scale has like the bottom of the scale and the top of the scale. Of course, we want to be closer to the top of the scale. And I mean, those words, scale and top, I mean, it's like mountain climbing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you get there one little bit at a time. And so you're right. Going When you find a tool that works to move you from, you know, one spot on that scale up a little bit then it's a tool that's working mm -hmm. and, and I think also it's a question of using all the tools using every tool in the toolbox and some of the tools just come to us like I just had one come to me right now as we're doing the show Harmony my cat jumps up in my lap curls up and is, is like pleading for me to pet her well th that's a very pleasant thing petting the cat so there's a tool right there to help me feel good in the middle of doing the show and it came to you. It came to me. Or she did, actually. Uh, yeah. She came to you. She, she. And she's, well, you she's know, very insistent, funny. too, I have to say. She is extremely insistent. Like, you are going to pay attention to me, and you're going to do it now. <laughs> I am here to bring you joy. That's right. No, joy's outside. <laughs> joy's the other cat. It's like, who's on first? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I, th I think about that, though. That's, that's so true, is if we're open to, you know, if that's our intention to feel better, and we're open to it because that, that sounds funny. It's like, well, of course we're going to be open to it. But a lot of times we're not. No. We, a lot of times we want to argue for our limitations and we want to stew for a while in this place we're at. You know, we're really good not at it, climb too. out of the hole. No, no. But when we have the intention to and we're open to it, 
a lot of times those tools do just show up. That they do, that they do. And I think it's also important to have deliberate tools. I mean, the mirror work is one kind. Um, Louise and I actually kind of blew it off last night. We were both so tired when we went to sleep. Louise said, I hope you had a good day. I hope you can think of three good things. Good night. (laughs) 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 Just didn't have to do the three good things. That's funny. (laughs) So we didn't quite have the energy for last night. We had a good day, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. That was funny, though. But, yeah, having lots of of processes. I mean, Tom's a big meditator, for instance. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hear so much good stuff. I'm actually thinking maybe I should add that one as a process as well. Um, because I do believe the more processes we have that we do regularly, first of all, it means we're spending more time in the day deliberately focusing on what we want, on what we love, on what feels good. But secondly, I mean, everything I hear about it tells me, yeah, I really should be adding it because I want to accelerate my wants. I want to accelerate how quickly the manifestations arrive, especially mm-hmm. for the big ones. And in fact, uh, Wendy and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, she was telling me how in her life experience, her best manifestations happened when she does it in quantum leaps. And Abraham, as you probably know, doesn't really recommend doing quantum leaps, mainly because for most people, particularly in beginner levels, um, they, they can't maintain the vibration. They can't maintain the high level, so they fall back down and they kind of lose ground a little bit. But in her experience, she's always been able to make her best manifestations happen when she did the quantum leaves. So, so she was realizing, you know what? Okay, Abraham's saying that for people who are beginners, but I'm not a beginner. I've been doing this for years. It's about time I treat myself as if I were an advanced practitioner. So I'm going to start focusing again on quantum leaps. And I thought, you know, that's a really good idea. So give me an idea of what that means when you say quantum leaps. I always think it's funny when I hear it because quanta are really small. Yes. And yet people use that word, I think, to mean a really big leap. But I'm not sure what Wendy's meaning when she talks about it or what you're meaning right now. So give me an idea. That's exactly it. It is a large thing. And the way I think this is really manifesting something really big. It's really big. And and you're right. Quanta are tiny, tiny. They're so small. They're microscopic. You know what I think of quanta as, as being, I think of them as being fleas that have these abilities to take these huge leaps within their small scale. (laughs) So a quantum leap really is big. It just depends on your point of view. Okay, so so what she's talking about then is choosing something to manifest that's just gigantic and or would be like castles instead of buttons is what cast, we're talking about. Castles instead of buttons and okay. more, more precisely focusing on getting rid of all of the resistances that pop up along the way toward uh-huh. that manifestation. And right. the, the, the particular approach she's talking about is I, I was asking about this because it's something I've, I've wanted to really learn how to do. Um, and I said, my approach would be to try to just go look for the resistances and try to remove them. She says, no, 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 don't do it that way. The resist- oh, yeah, don't the- go searching for resistance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. She says that the resistances will pop up. Your, your job is to notice them. And when they come, ask them a bunch of questions, get to know them real well until you finally get to the root of them and then flick them away. Like you're flicking away a flea or a quanta. <laughs> And then keep working that way, you know, just be be really intent on knocking away or moving away or getting away from all of the resistances that pop up that are between you and this big thing that you're manifesting. 
And if you just do that with the intention of no resistance is going to get in my way, another one pop up. Okay, let's find what that is. Boom, we're going to. I figured that one out. I'm, I'm basically. Uh, I think she, the way she said it is, I exploded it. I got it out of my way. I cleaned it up. I cleaned up that whole energy space, and I moved on to my next step. And you just keep taking the steps over and over again. When you do that, all of a sudden, stuff that doesn't seem to be coming in at all starts flowing in. And that's what she means by a quantum leap. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of flowing in, let's uh, let's quickly going. remind everybody to subscribe oh, yeah. <laughs> and share, so we can have more listeners flowing in, and you can have more uh, law of attraction information flowing to you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And and we love that because that's how the podcast got built was by emphasizing this. So, yes, most of our listeners are already subscribers, and we love you for it. We're so grateful for it. Um, I haven't done the April numbers yet, but in March, for instance, the average listener listened to 45 of our episodes. So, you know, thank you so much for all of your your uh, attention to what we're doing, and clearly you're enjoying the show. So we we really appreciate that. And for those who are new to it, guess what? You get to subscribe to, and it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. All you have to do is it, it's easiest to do it with your smartphone, iPhone or Android, doesn't matter. Um, all the instructions are right on the homepage at LOAToday.net. Just go there. You'll see the instructions for that. You'll see the instructions if you ever want to call in to any of the shows while we're doing them live. The schedule's all there. Everything's right there. And then after you subscribe, there's also a whole row of every possible <laughs> social media button you could possibly imagine. And you click it, and you can share instantly with your friends and associates and you know Facebook friends and all that kind of thing that you liked LOA today and that you're listening to it. And that helps us build up the listenership, and it also helps you, too, because it gives you yet another way to celebrate, hey, I got this great thing in my life. So please do subscribe and share. Thank you. And, you know, for for the people that are already subscribed and have been already subscribed and you're listening, you can still share. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) And if you hear something that, you know, really uh, piques your interest, resonates with you, share it. Sharing is how we find out about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's not like we have this big ad budget. We don't. Our ad budget is zero. (laughs) That's our ad budget. So we really appreciate the sharing. Every time that you share, you're helping us and you're helping yourself, too, because as we continue to grow, that means we get to add even more life coaches and, you know, bring more interesting programming in. The goal is to make this 24-7 eventually so that you can just tune into a live program anytime you turn on your phone. You know, driving wow. to work, you're listening to a live program. You're know, coming home from work, you're off on a vacation, whatever. You can listen to a live program. Well, how cool would that be? Well, in Very order to do cool. that, we got to have listeners. That's the only way to make it happen. So you will be helping <laughs> to do that. So money, money, and the law of attraction. That's what we've been doing for the past couple of months. I think now <laughs> it is seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, working our way through the number one. New York Times bestseller, Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness, Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham. And it's been very interesting. Mm, We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. And the thing that we're talking about today, I think, and I said this to you before the show, I, I think this is probably one of the most important things that we have to know going into law of attraction. It's how to, how the question, the subheading, how to change my law of attraction, my point of attraction. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. And you know, you were just talking about the quantum leap Mm -hmm. and 
how to do it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, asking myself while I was listening also, what, how do I manifest things? What, what is my number one sort of rule? And I think that our experiences in life are always attached to our sense of identity. So it's that story. And we talk about this a lot. It's that story we tell about ourselves, And a lot of it is on autopilot. When we say, oh, I like to do this, or I don't like to do that, that doesn't work for me. Those are all stories that we've told usually over and over and over. And so the, the beginning of this part of the chapter says sometimes people worry that they've been telling the story of what they do not want for such a long time that they now do not have the time left in their lives to make up for all those years of focusing upon the shortage of money, but they have no cause for worry. Um, And I, I think this is interesting because we see it all the time. We hear it all the time. As a coach, I really hear it all the time. And the reason why is because that's one of the things that causes someone to reach out to a coach is that they don't feel like anything is changing for them and they want it to change and they've tried, you know, this and that, and it still isn't changing. And finally they reach out and get some support. It's reassuring too. I mean, the fact, the idea that uh, there's plenty of time and that it doesn't matter how much time we spent on the other path. There's still plenty of time to turn it around and it can actually turn around fairly quickly. That's what they're hitting at. Yeah, I think that's interesting how we sort of sometimes automatically expect that something's going to take a long time. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good at and, that. <laughs> yeah. And and yet, just like Wendy's quantum leap, you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to take a long time. It can happen instantly. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what always makes it seem so magical and delightful. It's like, wow, look how this came together, right? Like, we don't expect that. Well, that plus, uh, not just how it came together, but how it came together in a way that I couldn't have predicted. Exactly. That's that's the thing that blows my mind. When I, when I look at a path of how something came together and it was something that was really important, and I just look at it and say, how on earth could I have mapped that out? I, I couldn't <laughs> possibly have done that. Yeah, you couldn't have. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so it says, although it is true, that you cannot go backward and undo all of that negative thinking, there's no reason to do that, even if you could, because all of your power is in your now. Boy, is that reassuring. That's really, really reassuring. I don't have to go undo all that stuff. I mean, I know how much it sticks there, and I know how much work I have to do to get myself into this place of, of what's happening right now, but at least the reassurance is I don't have to go relive all that. I don't have to go, you know, one step at a time working through all that stuff that happened in the past because I don't have the energy for that. I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) As you find a better feeling thought right now, your point of attraction shifts now. And then this is in italics. The only reason it may seem like some negative thinking that you picked up many years ago is having an impact on your life now is because you've been continuing the negative train of thoughts or beliefs through all of those years. A belief is only a thought you continue to think. A belief is nothing more than a chronic pattern of thought. And you have the ability, even if you try even a little bit, to begin a new pattern, to tell a new story, to achieve a different vibration, to change your point of attraction. And the way they said that, it it almost sounds like 
they're contradicting themselves. Just depends on how you read it. Um, because it says, let's see if I can pick up the right part. It's a rather long sentence. Because you have been continuing the negative train of thoughts or beliefs for all those years. Well, that sounds like that's irreversible, <laughs> which is not what they meant at all. But you see what I mean? I mean, it sounds yeah. like they're saying that, well, you, you've just created this, this terrible thing and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, it's interesting when they when you pick that sentence apart, you're right. But they say the only reason it may seem like negative thinking that you picked up many years ago is having an impact on your life now. And I'm going to change the sentence is because you're thinking it now. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And yet, you know, it's funny they use the word train and we all understand that train of thought. But I think also of a train moving mm-hmm. and a train is heavy and oh, as yeah. it moves and it starts going faster and it's been traveling longer, it picks up a lot of momentum and it's not easy to stop. Yeah, you get that real strong sense of it if you're right near a train track as a train goes by. I mean, those oh. things are massive. They're gigantic. Yeah, and, and it rumbles the ground. Oh, it rumbles <laughs> the ground. You can feel the air pushing you by as, it, as the train goes by. I mean, it, it just feels like it's impending and just overwhelming. And that often describes how negative thinking feels because we've been doing it for so long. It feels like that in a way. So it's nice to know that we don't have to worry about that. It is. Yeah. That we only have to change our thinking now. You know, I I do think that the longer we've had a belief or a thought, the more momentum it probably has. Yeah. So it might take a while to reverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to make the difference once we change our vibration. Yep. Um, So continuing on, just the simple act of noticing how many things you could purchase in this one day with the $100 you are carrying with you would dramatically alter your financial point of attraction. That one simple process is enough to tip the balance of your vibrational scale, enough to show you actual tangible results in your attraction of money. That's what we all want, right? We want to see some actual tangible results mm-hmm. <laughs> from our law of attraction work. Yep. Mentally spend your money and imagine an improved lifestyle. Deliberately conjure a feeling of freedom by imagining what it would feel like to have a large amount of money at your disposal. Interesting thing too, um, we should mention, they, they kind of just slipped it in there like the conversation right. was already going on. But they're talking about a process where you keep $100 in your wallet and you go throughout your day pretending that you're spending that $100 in your mind. And saying, well, I have enough money to buy this. And mm-hmm. hey, I have enough money to buy that thing. And yeah. they also talked about um, it doesn't have to be $100. If you can't find $100 to keep in your wallet that you're only going to mentally spend, do 50 do 20 And then someone had mentioned that they did an IOU and they said, oh, no. No. <laughs> Because now you've just put lack in That's there. Right. So don't do that. Um, Somebody else also pointed out that, well, you know, Abraham, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the economy, but $100 doesn't go very far. And Abraham's response was, well, that is only what happens if you spend it once. We're saying spend it, you know, 100 times in a day. Now you spent $10,000. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So it says... Um, Mentally spend your money and imagine an improved lifestyle. Deliberately conjure a feeling of freedom by imagining what it would feel like to have a large amount of money at your disposal. 
you see the law of attraction is responding to your vibration, not to the reality you are currently living. But if your vibration continues to be only about the reality you are living, nothing can change. You can easily change your vibrational point of attraction by visualizing the lifestyle you desire and holding your attention upon those images until you begin to feel relief, which will indicate that a true vibrational shift has occurred. And I think in my experience, and not just my own, but working with clients, that this, you were talking earlier about meditation Mm -hmm. and this process right here of, you know, changing your vibrational point of attraction by visualizing the lifestyle you desire and holding your attention upon those images until you begin to feel relief. In my experience, often that works like a meditation in that you have to do it over and over because it's easy for the mind to go back to the yeah, but yeah, it feels good sitting here visualizing a different kind of life with different amounts of money but this is where the the yeah buts come in right Mm -hmm. but but i don't really have any money in the bank and this is where that whole you know reality the reality we are currently living we were talking about earlier about people saying you know but but this is the truth i really don't have any money i really (laughs) and and you know how easy it is to focus on the way it is or what we see is reality. And so I often am telling people the story of someone coming to me and saying, I'm not a good meditator. I can't meditate. I've tried and it doesn't work. As soon as I get quiet and I try to focus on my breath or my breathing, my mind starts thinking and my mind starts wandering and thinking about something and then I'll bring it back and I'm I'm doing okay for a few seconds, a few breaths. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm focusing on my breath. And then all of a sudden, there goes my mind again, wandering out there. And I have to keep bringing it back. And, I, you know, my answer to that is, well, you're doing it. That's what meditation <laughs> is, is you keep bringing it back and bringing it back. It's a practice. And over time, one day, you know, you recognize, oh, wow, like I've been meditating for five minutes, 10 minutes, and my mind didn't wander. I've just totally been zoned out here, focusing on my breath. It's the same way with visualization is that it's, it's the idea of holding that vision. And yes, there will come a time when suddenly (laughs) your mind starts drifting over to the, making those air quotes, reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) of, yeah, but this isn't the way it is. Oh, that's okay. We bring ourselves back and we hold the vibration a little longer. Well, what you said there reminded me of something that I realized about oh, about a month, maybe two ago, something like that, that I actually have been meditating for a long time and didn't realize it, which sounds kind of strange <laughs> because you would think you'd be knowing it if you were meditating, right? But as it turned out, at, uh, when Tom gave me a definition one day of meditation that kind of you know raised it in my mind, if I'm in a situation like something just happened and I'm not real happy about it, and so I feel a need to like shake off the negativity and I'll mm-hmm. get up and I'll just start pacing around and, and I'm, I, I'm literally shaking my hands like I'm trying to shake something off my hands. Mm-hmm. And, and I just keep pacing and pacing. Lu- Louise likes to joke that we got to get a new house with a nice long hallway so I can pace the hallway. But, <laughs> but I, I just pace and pace and pace until finally I just like lose the energy. Now realizing 
that's what I'm doing. I'm, this is my form of meditation. It's my way of releasing. Of it, it, mm-hmm. I, I get my breathing going. My breathing becomes steady and regular. It's not what I intended to do. I didn't, I didn't say I'm going to now meditate in order to get rid of all this stress. No, I'm just getting up and getting rid of the stress in the best way I know how to do it. And after about five minutes of it, yep, the stress goes away. Now I can go back to whatever it is I was doing. So I had actually developed a meditation practice and didn't know it. Yeah, and it's it's there are actual meditation processes that are walking meditation. So you've mentioned that, yeah, I remember. And, and you said moving that. meditations, and it's all it's not always about sitting still, unless that's what works for you. There are so many different ways. Which I think is great because I never liked lotus position. It hurts my knees like you have no idea. <laughs> I just didn't oh, want yeah, that at no, all. No, <laughs> I don't meditate that way either. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and i a long-time meditator. I do believe it is, you know, we were speaking earlier about tools and the tools you have in your toolbox. Um, meditation practice is one of those tools that I won't ever let go of because mm. it's had such an impact in my life. Um, for sure. And there are many, many different ways to meditate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, but I think it's important because it, it changed, it actually is something that's having an effect on your brain waves. Oh yeah. In a big way. The, yeah. other, the other thing too is, um, I mean, we're talking about a change of a point of attraction. And as I was editing the book today, the last story in the book is actually a story that I wrote with Louise. The two of us wrote it together about when we moved from Virginia back to Connecticut um, and involved a whole bunch of things, which is why I saved it for the last story. As I was reading that story today, I realized how many times I talked about how we didn't have any money. And that was that was the feeling at the time. In the story or In the at story. the time? Both. Okay. I, it, it was what the feeling was at the time, and I kept repeating it in the story. I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. wow, no wonder I was having so much trouble. And I can see it now even as I'm reading it. And I also realized what the saving grace was. Because at the end of the story, the money situation does start to turn around. And what turns it around is essentially we gave up. <laughs> we just gave up. <laughs> we couldn't do anything else. There was no money left. There was nothing else to do. So we just gave up. And when we gave up, the money started to show up. <laughs> that you know, that's so often the experience of people that are in not and with not just money, all different situations. Oh yeah, yeah. Is and that that's letting go of the resistance. Because the moment that I gave up is the moment I stopped talking about how there was a money problem, right? <laughs> which is really bizarre. But that's what isn't happened. that funny? Yeah. It's like I give up. I give up. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> but this happens all the time. You see people that. Um, you know, are really hitting the pavement trying to get a job and they're putting out, you know, dozens of resumes and they're just, and no one's calling back and they finally go, you know what? I give up. And the phone rings. The phone rings almost inevitably. (laughs) And I think some of it is just, you're right. It's that when we're in that certain part of the thing before we've given up, so to speak, there's so much resistance mm-hmm. and we're telling that story so often. I mean, think about that example of a person that has, you know, applied for jobs and nothing's happening. And generally speaking, 
what story are they telling as it goes on? I can't get a job. I've applied at eight places and no one's called me back. And two days later, it's I've applied at a dozen places and no one's calling me back. I've applied at 15 places and no one's called me back. And they just tell the story over and over and over. Why can't I get a job? I just can't get a job. Why can't I get a job? I should be able to get one, but I can't get a job. Well, guess what? (laughs) You keep telling a story and you can't get a job. You're right. (laughs) Right? Okay, so... The, the next segment is called My Standards Are Mine to Set. And I don't know <clears throat> what it's going to say in this segment, but just that, just that little title made me laugh because I told somebody that one time when they were upset over, you know, the way someone else was behaving. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, your standards are for you. Everybody else gets to be let off the hook. <laughs> I like the way you phrased that. That was good. <laughs> I tell myself that sometimes. <laughs> Everybody else gets to let off, be let off the hook. I love that. I love yeah, that's too. a great reminder that uh, it doesn't pay at all to try to control somebody else. The only person you have control over is yourself, and that's where you should be putting all your effort in. Yeah, or or to be upset because other people aren't behaving the way you think is the right way to behave yeah more precisely yeah Yeah. sometimes we're continuing on my standards are mine to set sometimes from an awareness of a shortage of money you think that you want everything you see yeah (laughs) a sort of uncontrollable craving rises within you which tortures you when you do not have the money to spend or causes even more distress when you give in to the craving and spend money you do not have going deeper into debt. But that craving to spend money under those conditions is really a false signal for it's not coming from a real desire to have those things. Buying one more thing and bringing it home will not satisfy that craving for what you're really feeling is a void that can only be filled by coming into vibrational alignment with who you really are. We need to reread that last bit. That last bit is critical buying one more thing and bringing it home will not satisfy that craving for what you are really feeling is a void that can only be filled by coming into vibrational alignment with who you really are. What you're really feeling is a void. Boy, oh boy, is that the truth. When you're in that place where it doesn't feel like you can afford anything, that's what you're feeling is that void. And and I don't know about you. For me, it's like a hole in the pit of my stomach. When I'm feeling that that sensation, it's like it, it's, a, it's a hole that can't be filled. There's, there's I, just not enough stuff in the world to fill that void. I heard someone um, say recently talking about this, actually talking about there was a discussion going on um, with some of my friends about an article that they had read and I haven't read the article yet, but the, I'm going to, because it has to do with, with money. And they began talking about, um, you know, most of them have kids that are all grown and in college. So at this point they were talking about when they were first starting out and really didn't have anything. And one of the people relayed the sense of, I remember back when we had, you know, barely enough money and I really felt like I was pressed up against the glass looking at all the things on the other side that 
I didn't have the money to buy. Yeah, there's a void feeling right there. And I thought, oh, wow, what, uh, what a way to put that, right? And so here you see, you know, you think that you want everything you see. A sort of uncontrollable craving rises within you, which tortures you when you do not have the money to spend or causes even more distress when you give in to the craving and spend money you do not have going deeper into debt. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common experience. And obviously it is a common experience because they're saying this what this is what happens, right? And you know what often so, goes with that experience is as a deliberate creator, I know I don't want to put that kind of negative talk into my self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. So I won't say it. I'll just feel it. <laughs> yeah. I'll right. just feel like, well, I, I feel like I can't afford that. I'm not going to say it, but I, I, I can feel that I can't afford it. So I'll just feel it, <laughs> which is totally self-defeating. But nevertheless, well, I, 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 I feel I, like I, I just I did, did myself a favor. I didn't say it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I think, that can backfire on us because then we're suppressing the things we're feeling instead of just acknowledging them. Oh yeah. I mean, I was being and sarcastic. We're always doing that. I think that's 100% of the time we're defeating ourselves. <laughs> we can, we can acknowledge it and then, and then take the further step of shifting it. Right. So, okay. So that, so that raises says, a good question then. Let's see. How do we shift that? Because I'm, that's what, what I'm, I'm, I'm expecting we're going to find out. Let's okay. see. All right. You are currently feeling insecure when who you really are is someone who is absolutely secure. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just think I just had my mind blown. <laughs> really? Well, our higher self, our higher being, whatever we call that, who we really are, mm -hmm. right? They have it all hyphenated. Who dash you dash really dash are who right. you really are. Okay. So. Who I really am is someone who is absolutely secure. So if I'm currently feeling insecure, then I'm totally out of alignment. True. It says you are currently feeling insecure when who you really are is someone who is absolutely secure. You are currently feeling inadequate when who you really are is someone who is adequate. You are feeling lack. When who you really are is someone who is abundant. Mm. It is a vibrational shift that you're craving, not the ability to purchase something. Once you're able to achieve and consistently maintain your personal alignment, a great deal of money will flow into your experience, if that is your desire. And you will very likely spend large amounts of money on things that you desire, but your purchases will feel very different to you then. You will not feel need or a void that you're attempting to fill with a purchase, but instead you will feel a satisfying interest in something which will easily make its way into your experience. And every part of the process from the inception of the idea to the full blown manifestation of it in your experience will bring you a feeling of satisfaction and joy. Okay. But they still really haven't answered my question, which is, which is how, how do you do it? How do you get there? How do you do it? I think they may have kind of addressed it before. It's like they did it out of order, really. And they did it in the previous section where they talked about the process of $100 carried in your pocket. Well, the, the, the very last bit of this, which is in italics, so we've, we've determined that means it's important. True. Uh, 
says, do not let others set the standards about how much money you should have or about what you should do with it. For you are the only one who could ever accurately define that. Come into alignment with who you really are and allow the things that life has helped you to know that you want to flow into your experience. I, I really feel like the idea of who I really am just the recognition of that and the remembering that like remembering that, okay, right now in a time of feeling this, this void that we're talking about in a time of feeling this void that when we are in a situation where we don't have any money and we just want to buy everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're craving everything and we're, right. and we're, our face is pressed up in the glass, I looking the at glass, all the right. things that we can't have. And we're feeling the, the knowledge that the reason this feels so awful is because it's not in alignment with who I really am. Right. To me, that's really helpful. Like that helps turn me in the direction of alignment. Well, I think the reason I raised the question is on those occasions where I'm feeling the void instead of feeling the abundance. I don't have at that moment in time, at that instant, I don't have a clear idea of how to get into alignment. Okay, sure. Theoretically, I know I need to get into alignment. So the best thing I've been able to figure out is, well, I won't actually say that I'm feeling the void. I'll feel it, but I won't actually say it. (laughs) That's the best I can think of. I I need to figure out some sort of way. I need some kind of method, some sort of process to say, okay, I recognize right now I'm feeling the void. I'm not feeling... You know the the thrilling desire to purchase something. I'm experiencing void instead, and I'm I'm so afraid I can't afford this, and there's a I can't afford that. I'm not saying those things, but I'm feeling I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't right. afford that. I can't afford anything. I need to turn that around. How do I turn that around? I know I have to get into alignment. How do I do it? Because right now so I don't the, feel like I'm anywhere near alignment. Okay, so the beginning of the process, in in my you know head anyway, is the very beginning of the process is that recognition of oh. I know okay. what this is. Okay. I'm feeling that craving. Mm. <laughs> and these things that I'm wishing I could buy won't fill the void. The void is be, is only to be filled by coming into alignment. Right. Right. So that's step one is just the recognition. Just I actually think it. it's a really, really good step because it's sort of like, recognizing, oh, I'm never going to be able to get to California because I'm not facing west. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to turn this train around. Okay, well, then I agree. That's an important step. You got to recognize so, what direction you're headed. If you're going in the wrong direction, it's time to turn around. Because what we're telling ourselves during that instance is, you know, that story of, oh, I'm so poor and I don't have money and look at all these things I wish I could have. Gosh, I want them all. I just have this craving. I want that and that and that. And if I, if only I had enough money to buy all these things that I see other people buying, I wouldn't feel this way. And all of a sudden, it's like that cold water in the face, right? It's like, mm-hmm. whoa, wake up. That's not the truth. That's a, even, they even use the word false signal, mm. right? True. So it's like, oh, wait, yeah. that's not what's going on here. The false signal. Um, it's it's something else. I'm it feels like a void, but in reality, I'm just out of alignment with and and I love that it's this. I love I'm out of alignment with 
not with all my desires, which is that's true too, but I'm out of alignment with who I really am. And it's like the train is off the track. It's not lined up. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So the first step, the second step, I would think, is to start digging a little bit about what we really want. And it's not all those things that we just happen to be seeing. And, and then why? This is the pivot that we've been talking about for the last month, is what I want and why. And staying on that track. And the why cannot be because I don't have it. It reminds me of what we talked about a few minutes ago, Wendy's quantum leap process, mm-hmm. where she identifies the resistance along her path. Well, this is a resistance. This idea sure. of the void and trying to fill a void is a form of resistance. So that's part of the recognition, isn't it? Recognizing, oh, I got some resistance going on here. I got to find some way to, to you know, basically flick this aside and just start allowing again. And the... There- the the there was part. a discussion earlier in the book okay. about, and I, I'm, you may have a easier time finding it, but I'm in my memory, it was at the end of, of a section, but it talked about the void and why the void was there. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Not, I'm not really clear now. Hmm. I'll have to I'll have to find it later. But in other words, that the void was it's not a thing that has to be filled. The void goes away when we come into alignment, which makes sense. And so that's the goal. The goal is just alignment. Now, Mm -hmm. we've been talking about tools. And so this is why it's important to know tools to learn some different tools and then to know which ones work for you and which ones are your favorites Mm -hmm. because you know it's like anything else that we do it's always easier with the right tool true yes and anybody that's an artist or or um a, a chef or you know does any kind of work in the house it's like you know you can't sweep the floor with a shovel well, you can, but it won't do a very good job. <laughs> right? It'll be difficult. And I remember one time I was on vacation and I was not a golfer, but I was with family members that were. And so I decided just to go along because it was beautiful. The golf mm. courses in Florida are some of the most beautiful in the world, oh, right? Yeah. So right. it was a beautiful day, beautiful weather in this gorgeous golf course. And I said, well, I'm going to go anyway. I'm just going to go walk along with everybody. I don't have to <laughs> golf. I just want to be out in the sun and enjoy the beautiful weather. And yeah, sure. And so they're like, but you should play with us here. You should golf. Just it's fun. Just try. <laughs> and they gave me a sand wedge. And they, they said, that's your, that's your, um, club you just have to do everything with that okay so i played an entire you know not an entire round of golf but at least eight holes nine holes whatever with um with a sand wedge i give you <laughs> i give you credit because that's not easy to do <laughs> and i and i was like i can do it like, <laughs> I was like i can do this and i actually made some really good shots which was had to be my vibration right mm-hmm. um but 
you know, no one in their right mind would just make that choice because it's not the right tool. No, you need a driver and a putter and all the other clubs. Right. So when, when we do something all the time, we may have favorites. I'm not a golfer, so I don't know about golf, but I'm sure that a golfer with a golf bag full of a whole bunch of clubs has some that are their favorites. Oh, absolutely. Right. I know I'm a jewelry maker and I'm also a painter and you know, you can look at my brushes and tell which brushes are my favorites because they're all (laughs) worn down. Right. Right. So in our law of attraction toolbox, we have to try them out. You've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. right? The, The willingness to, to fail. I mean, the willingness to say, let me just try this. Let me practice it for a while. You know, you did that going into the mirror work and it changed your life. Very true. So I guess the answer then is once we have recognized the problem, recognized that this is some resistance to get rid of, that we need to replace it with some allowing of some kind, then the next step is to pick one of the tools that we like the best and start using them. That's what I think. I mean, and mine, like I said before, meditation's always going to be there. Like, that's one of those things that I can tell you if things start getting a little dicey over here and there's a lot of resistance and... I'm out of alignment with who I really am, I suddenly would be like, oh, I have not been meditating like I should be. Mm. And the other thing that I do is journaling. But, you know, it's not like I've I've been journaling and writing morning pages and keeping a pray rain journal. You know, I've been journaling for, oh my goodness, I want to say 30 years, but that's not every day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I I haven't worked in a journal for weeks and then I realize it's time to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm, I realized one time I was kind of beating myself up for not being consistent with a practice. And I realized I am consistent. I'm consistent over time. It's something I always go back to. Mm -hmm. That's true. I was basing my consistency on whether I did something every single day. And I realized I don't do it every single day. Um, but I am consistent because there's an ebb and a flow to a spiritual practice or any kind of practice. I consider these things part of my spiritual practice, but whatever you want to label them, um, find what works for you. But I think that that step number one, that realizing of, oh, wow, this feeling that I'm feeling that doesn't feel good, this void that I'm sensing that I feel like if I could just buy everything up, I'd be okay. That's, that's a false signal. And plus, we also do get um, examples provided to us of being in alignment. Like right now, my cat is giving me a tremendous signal of alignment because she climbed up in my lap. She got petted. She was purring like crazy. And she's just settled in there for a long winter's nap. I mean, she is just in heaven, totally (laughs) relaxed, totally in the moment. If there's a better example of just being in the now, I don't know what it is than just my cat sitting in my lap and I'm talking and her head's bopping up and down as as her head, which rests on my belly, moves and you know my belly's moving because I'm talking, and she doesn't care. She's just as happy as can be. <laughs> she is totally in alignment with. Totally she... in alignment, yeah. <laughs> which is a great thing. That's a nice way it to is. end. That's a nice way to end the show. We got like uh, 30 seconds left before the music, so. Um, thank you for walking through this. This has been good. This has been helpful to me, hopefully helpful for the listeners. And yeah. uh, for somebody who wants a little more personal attention, how do they reach out to you directly? Oh, they can find me um, on the internet, cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z. Come find me and say hello. Sounds great. Well, let's do it again tomorrow. This is, this is tomorrow. good, but we need to do a, a second dose. 
right. <laughs> yes. And we hope that you come back tomorrow as well and every time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.